Yes, welcome to Audio Only. It is me, Nate Starr, and with me uh, this week in my Michigan media uh, series is none other than Gabriella Stratton Galore. Now, did I say everything correct? That is perfect. Hey, everyone, how's it going? Well, I am. I'm very excited to meet you. You are. Um, I've I've know you through a mutual friend. Yeah. And uh, Angie Stray Brown. Uh, yeah she's fantastic i've known her since i was very young and the uh now you have um been doing drag for how long gabriella i am gabriella is almost eight years old now i am just about to turn eight yes (laughs) very nice well you don't have to look a day over seven so thank you so much i moisturize (laughs) it's the key key to everything exactly Gabriella, now, do you exclusively go, like, do you answer to Gabriella if somebody sees you in the store, or do you go by your boy name? Uh, that's great. I actually respond to both. I, You know, people know me uh, so much from drag uh, that I do respond to Gabby, Gabriella all the time, and um, also female pronouns all the time, too. I've gotten to the point in my life where it doesn't matter. I feel very RuPaul. It doesn't matter if you say he or she, just as long as you're calling me. That's pretty much like as, as what I think about it because I respond to everything at this point. Right. Right. Now, when you go, when you go out uh, as a drag performer like RuPaul, RuPaul says, I'll be in drag when you pay me. Uh, <laughs> you, you, uh, now, do you ever just go out to the bar as Gabriella? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, I, you know, even after years of doing this and, you know, even getting paid to show up places, I still have that drag bug where, you know, I will just go out for the for the heck of it for fun um, without being paid anything. And as a matter of fact, I spend more money sometimes in drag than being, you know, out of it. So. Right. Right. That's interesting. Now, what um, what made you decide to get into drag? Oh, this is a, a, um, we're going to have to go way, way back because I feel like for as long as I can remember, I've always dabbled in some form of drag. I mean, even my mother will say when I was, you know, a toddler, three years old, she's like, you would put on my heels in one of my night shirts and I would, you know, feel like it was a gown and I would be running around with my little feet in her shoes, which were way too big. Um, So, I mean, I started just as little as that. And then as I got older in high school and stuff, I, it was mostly Halloween was my excuse to dabble. And I feel like that's kind of universal for a lot of people. Right. Uh, But I remember I was pretty bold, even at my school's spirit week. And I grew up in a very rural, rural town up north in um, northern Michigan. It's called Bear Lake. Just to give you a perspective, I only had 39 people in my graduating high school class. Um, <laughs> and we were the biggest. That's a barely, that's, um, is that near Traverse City? Um, it's about 45 minutes south of Traverse City. It's in a Manistee County. Okay. All right. All right. I'm such a Michigan um, nerd, I had to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. Um, and so, and we were one of the biggest classes to go through, but I remember for one of my school spirit weeks, I would, I did drag, like I would do female characters and go to school in this little tiny school. Um, but when I really started to like get into it kind of almost as a career path is when I had finished um, getting my cosmetology license, I had um, moved to Grand Rapids 
uh, in 2009 for college. And I did a little bit of college, dropped out, got, got my hair license, licensed to do hair. And I didn't get into the salon I wanted. Um, so I had been dabbling a little bit with drag at Grand Valley, where I had attended for two years before dropping out. And there was this promoter, uh, he goes by Bradley Powers, and he's really well known in the drag community here. He would put on this amateur show at Grand Valley, and it was my first taste of it. And after, so I dabbled in it in that way, and I was like, ooh, I kind of want to get into this. And this was back when Diversions was open in downtown Grand Rapids. I don't know if you've ever been. I have not. But they are closed now. We only have really like one gay dance club left in all of Grand Rapids right now, which is pretty sad. Um, but they did amateur nights. And so I would start doing those. And after I didn't get into the salon, I had wanted to, after cosmetology school, I entered my first drag pageant just kind of as like a, a throwaway. Like I was like, I have nothing else going on. I'm just going to do this because I felt really passionate about it. And I was really bummed about not getting into my salon. And I ended up winning this first pageant. And it was an amateur drag pageant um, because in Michigan here, they have divisions of amateur and pro. And a lot of states don't do that. Just to kind of get your feet wet. And I ended up winning, which is very unlikely in a drag pageant for a first timer. And it kind of just inspired me. I was like, wow, maybe I am good at this. And I just started from there and I started competing. Um, I did over, I think, 10 amateur pageants um, and won a lot of different titles and got on from there to do pro pageants in Michigan too. And yeah, that's kind of how it all started, like from a professional standpoint. That's so interesting. So now when you were growing up, you're obviously much younger than I am. So the uh, am I? How old are you? I don't know. Well, mm, <laughs> how old are you? Now? I think it's the <laughs> I, you don't look old, that much older than me, so I don't know. Well, it's hard tomorrow to on our birthday, I turn forty-two. Oh my gosh! Okay, you moisturize then. I do. I'm actually yes. kind of obsessed about it, and it shows because I'm going to turn thirty tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so good for you. you look good you look good thank you i appreciate that now when um when you were like who were your inspirations for drag your drag is you are uh if i if i know my nomenclature correctly you're more of a dance performance queen you're not so much a look queen am i right um yeah i mean it's it, it really depends what i'm doing um but i think like yeah like my normal aesthetic that I do is um, I, I like to dance. I mean, I've always danced. I've never been like a trained dancer. Mm -hmm. So I think it's funny when people, you know, refer to me as a dancer, just because to me that sounds like, no, you're not a dancer. I've never been a dancer, you know? <laughs> um, but I do, I like to dance. Um, I was in gymnastics when I was younger. So like, I still like to do add in uh, bits of tumbling into my performances. Um, but I have done competitions. Um, where you know like drag races local drag races um we had a few here in grand rapids and i competed in those and those are uh, a little bit more demanding and they do require you to do like certain looks and so i've kind of done the full gamut um i am trained as a makeup artist that's like my profession now and my focus um so i've done things like i've been like blue aliens so i've done like bald caps i've done like 
one of the runways for the drag races was a Harry Potter theme and I came out as this big mandrake root. Um, and I just, yeah, I mean, my normal aesthetic is very like, I like to do beauty makeup is one of my specialties, um, but I do love to turn into a creature on, on occasion. <laughs> right. So you just you like to you like to dabble in a little bit of everything. You're very very curious. Yeah, I, I feel like you know you you should be versatile in drag, and that's the beauty of drag, right? I mean, it can really be what you want it to be. So I think it would be a shame not to to be flexible and to show versatility. Um, but I think every entertainer kind of has you know like their wheelhouse and their comfort zone for right. every day. Yeah. No, so when you but when you were coming up, like, did you look at uh, the comedy uh, queens? The have you ever looked into? So I, when I was coming up, oh yeah, I totally forgot. I was like, what was the question? Oh yeah, yeah, who inspired me? Um, a lot of it was actually a lot of the local queens here in Grand Rapids that really inspired me. Um, it wasn't you know like the RuPaul's and back then there wasn't really like a lot of TV exposure. So right. there wasn't like the big names. Um, but I remember going to rumors nightclub, which is still open and is still a fantastic place here in Grand Rapids for Queens to perform. And there was the house cast that they had. And at the time it was diamond Danae, Batty Davis, uh, Jacinia Maria Sanchez. And then their current reigning title holder was Eva Angelica. And she's since gone on to, um, Arizona but these house cast members were I remember going there as a young kid and just seeing these like glamazons on stage and I think that is kind of what inspired me um from the get-go is that the the rumors girls had such an air of like elegance about them they had a very like high glam sort of aesthetic and, you know, where it was like, you know, this sculpted and super smooth hair and like the makeup was just breathtaking. And when they took the stage, it was almost like you, they were like not from this planet. Like, I don't know if you recall the first time you sang drag, but I can remember it very distinctly. It is very much like you're watching some kind of otherworldly type creature before you. And I just remember seeing them and thinking, I need to get on this stage. Like I need, how do I do this? And they really were the inspiration and I'm lucky enough to work with some of them still to this day. So, and become friends with them and become close with them. So it was just amazing that my idols kind of became some of my best friends and supporters too. Right. right. Now you are, uh, I mean, yes, I've never been to a drag show um, I watched it on the TV box. And, uh, oh my gosh, you've never been to a live? No, uh, normally uh, when I try to go, it ends up blizzards, uh, pandemics yeah. uh, happen. <laughs> so I'm trying yeah. to, it seems that I, I buy tickets and then a natural disaster happens. So I'm, I'm thinking I should stop buying tickets. Uh, no, don't <laughs> give up. This is just a bump in the road, but you absolutely have to take in a live show. There is really something, there's something so intrinsically um, live theater about drag. I think there is something that is magical about being in a, in a space, sharing a space. You know, screens are great. TV and media is great. 
But right. there is something distinctly unique and magical about live drag performance. I say the same thing about comedy. You know, yeah. stand up, you know, uh, which is what, you know, what, which is what I do. And it is uh, like, you can watch stand up specials and they're hilarious and they're a great time. But the energy of being around the people and seeing the person on stage deliver the jokes is entirely inherently different. Oh my and gosh, then, 100%. You totally get it. Yeah. So, I mean, that is, I, I've always wanted to check out a drag show, uh, absolutely, especially local first. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. Seeing the national queens who you know, your Alaska Thunderfucks, your uh, Jinx Monsoons, you know. Um, yeah. But, you know, but, but local queens like yourselves, much like local comics, are really, you're out there because you love it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not. You have, to, you have to love it. You can't get into this. Um, and expect it, you know, I've had people tell me forever, you cannot get into this and expect to make money. You know, you can't get into this because you, you know, for the wrong reasons, you get into it because you have a passion and a drive because it is a big investment. Right. Yes. I mean, with comedy, I don't invest as much as say you, uh, our, our, um, eyelash, uh, (laughs) Our, Your eyelash um, budget is much smaller yes, than ours. Yeah, very small. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you put yourself out there in a very like exposing and emotional way that is definitely relatable. Um, and that's Absolutely. you know that's an investment too. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you know, it's like yeah, I don't expect to get my own Netflix special next year. <laughs> I mean, would it be great? Yes. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna turn it down. Hell but, yeah. <laughs> uh, I you know I enjoy making people laugh and entertaining people. And, yeah. Uh, but now, uh, when now I know you do your dances, you dance and perform and lip sync at the drag brunches. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever do your own vocal? Do you ever sing on your own? You know what's funny is that when I was in college and when I was a kid, um, I always was a, was a was a theater kid, and so I majored in theater in college, um, which is a big reason why I dropped out because I was like, "What am I doing? I don't need this." Um, <laughs> And I minored in um, vocal performance, actually, as a singer. And I was taking um, private lessons when I was in high school, like at the tail end of high school. And I do love, love to sing. Um, but my my singing voice is not, I mean, to me, I just feel like it would be more of like a comedy routine, just because the visual of how I look and even how I speak makes sense with how I look when I'm in drag just because my natural tone of voice but when I when I sing my my natural voice is very baritone it's very deep Ah, in my mind I can just see like it would be much more of a comedy thing so I did it once in a pageant I sang um somewhere that's green from Little Shop of Horrors I don't know if you're familiar oh I'm familiar I'm a theater person all all the the theater kids know will know um (laughs) And so I did do a live vocal part. And, you know, one of the notes that I got from one of the queens was like, you know, your voice is great. It didn't quite fit for this role. And I was like, I get it, you know? And so, like, if I was going to sing again, it'd definitely be for comedy. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, you do you look like Donna Reed and you get that rich baritone. Oh, um, yeah. I'll <laughs> give you rich baritone. They're like, that's a dude. That's a man, Maury. <laughs> but playing with howdy doody yeah i yeah, yeah. I, love, I love little shop i always wanted to play the dentist 
in Little Shop. Oh, yeah. A great role. I actually got to play Seymour in um, my high school year of college for community theater. It was really fun. It's one of my favorite shows. Oh, it's phenomenal. I do love Suddenly Seymour. I will belt the heck out of some shower. Yes. Uh, did you sing too? I do. I am. A, I have a black belt in karaoke. And, okay. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. So I do. Uh, I sing. My my voice is actually more of a second tenor. Oh, uh, nice. Uh, nice. but yeah, I've been, uh, you know, so I've, oh, cause I always wanted to be a song and dance man. Uh, when yeah. I was growing up, I grew up watching Bob Hope and Jack Benny and all those guys. And you back then in vaudeville, you had to be able to do everything. Oh yeah. You had to have real talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It wasn't just enough to insult the audience. You actually had to be funny. Exactly. And exactly. So, you know, it is, uh, it's something that, you know, like uh, I used in my old office, before I moved to this room in my house, my back wall used to have uh, Johnny Carson and Bob Hope and uh, oh, Dean Martin. Cool. They used to yeah. hang uh, on the wall behind me during the show uh, that we do here. Um, but the, uh, you know, we, we talked a little bit about that. So with, with like your singing and your acting and everything, like when um, you do drag brunch, is that just like when you are done with, because you do one, right you don't do you don't do two shows normally we do two shows yeah do two shows so how it's structured is there are two shows there's one that starts at 11 30 for our early birds which you know that's early for some people um and then we have our um two two o'clock show um which is for definitely the late night partiers they always roll in for that second show um and i am one of the hostesses with um my dear sister electra um, and she, so how, which, what will happen is she hosts first and she'll do a number and then we go through the brunchettes and then I'll do my number and then I'll come out and host. Hosting is one of my favorites to do because you get to finally like engage with people and I love that. It's kind of like doing like live interactive theater um, and a little bit of stand up. I mean, um, Electra's way funnier than I am. Um, I, I'm just kind of like awkward and I think people enjoy that. Um, so, but I get to host and we do two numbers for each show and then we take an hour break in between and we actually get to eat some brunch too, get the whole nice. experience. Nice. Um, and then we do a second show and it's the same format. So we do two, um, lip sync numbers and then Electra and I are hosting. Wow. Now by the end, are you just beat emotionally or like, are you just like riding high on the, the interaction? I, you know, it is, brunch is so fun. It, it's one of those things I look forward to every Sunday and it is an exceedingly long day. So my day pretty much on Sundays, I'll wake up at 7am. Some of the girls get up earlier, but I'm like, I just am not doing it before 7am. I'll get up at 7am. I'll start getting ready and painting at home. Um, I get to the venue around like 10, 20, 10, 30. Um, and then we start the first show at 11:30, and then we're I'm pretty much in drag from 10 a.m. like 9:30, 10 a.m. until about 5 p.m. So it is a full day, considering I start painting at seven. So seven to five p.m. is what it looks like. Now, um, you're, you're dropping just uh, for anybody who listens who may not be turned with the with the terminology. You're painting, which means you're you're starting to beat the oh, face. Yes, I'm starting to put on my makeup. Right. Yes. Yes. We just say painting. We just, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're 
we're getting painted. Um, because yeah, it's very much like bust out the Sherman Williams for your face type of thing. Right, because yeah, the heavy, the heavy foundation. The yeah, you, I mean, don't let the pictures fool you. Um, a lot of people are like, oh my God, it looks like she hardly has anything on. Like what you are seeing, there is no skin that you are looking at. There is no, nothing is real. It's all just caked on. It's very fake. Well, um, right now, I'm looking at you right now and I, and I, your skin is, uh, is enviable, quite frankly. Oh, thank you. Oh, this is, thank you. I just got off work and washed off all everything. So I feel like a little creature. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. welcome. The, uh, no, no, the Drake brunch is only a couple years old. Am I not correct? It is. Um, it, it, it is, we started in, um, July 1st, 2018. So yeah. Oh yeah. So just freshly, just a little over two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been our we get we didn't get to have our second year anniversary thanks to coronavirus, but um yeah, it was crazy how it uh came about. Uh one of the promoters, his name is Trevor, um, he kind of scouted all of the, the cast who's on cast now. Uh-huh. Um, he went to shows. He had seen us when we went to his hometown of Big Rapids. We were okay. at a at a show at like a bowling alley and I, I was hosting there. And so he had seen us and he was very specific when he was recruiting. Um, and he had this idea for a cast in mind and he had emailed very professionally and was like, hi, I'm Trevor. Um, I've seen you perform. I'm starting this new brunch. Like it's going to be a reoccurring brunch. And I was wondering if you would be part of you know, the cast. And I was like, absolutely. I'm like, I have been wanting something like this for a while. Uh, we had done, you know, like a kind of annual brunch um, show in downtown Grand Rapids, but nobody had really taken off with it. You know, we don't have like a hamburger Mary's here, nothing like that. So right. um, I think it was just like the right time and the right moment for it. Uh, I think, you know, drag was becoming so mainstream, you know, with, you know, RuPaul and everything on TV. And we just kind of hit when the iron was hot, so to speak, where it just kind of blew up. Like there was so much demand for it. And um, these restaurants saw how we could sell out their whole Sunday for them and like, you know, crank out the business for them. And so we had all these venues reaching out to us. we ended up doing a um, record-breaking show at the, the JW Marriott downtown here where we had over um, 300 people um, and it was the biggest drag brunch ever. Um, and then we even beat our record this, uh, this past January. Uh, we had another big show like that where we had about 600 people. And it was, it was crazy. We had Pheromone from RuPaul's Drag Race there as a special guest and everything like that. So in two years to see how it's, you know, came from absolutely nothing and then blew up is crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, now I live here in Tulip City, that the quaint su- suburb of Grand Rapids known as Holland. Yeah. Uh, that's where Electra lives. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we've wow. done shows in Holland too. We've yes. been at like the Civic Center and the Dockers. Civic Center show got a lot of publicity. It did. Uh, because it was not necessarily welcomed uh, by some of the the locals, uh, but people like myself, uh, you know, we, we we went out and we were just like, hey, this is the show that's coming on this weekend, you know, go and go see it. 
and I foolishly decided to wait a day to buy tickets, and you guys, you, you all sold out, and then you added another show, and it sold out. You know, you, I have to thank um, the former mayor of Holland, um, <laughs> Nancy DeBoer. Yes. Um, because, you know, she she was part of the choir of people who were like, you know, we don't want you here. She had done like a radio spot and someone had called in and was like, hey, have you heard about this drag brunch that's coming? And, you know, she made it very publicly announced. Like, she's like, you know, we don't control things. You know, I'm sorry this is happening. I don't support this, but, you know, just don't support it. And, you know, they won't be back, basically. Yeah. And so her saying that right. made everybody go. And I yes. think that's why you couldn't get a ticket because it was just kind of like people were like, oh, hell no. Like you thought <laughs> right. wrong, exactly. exactly. And it was like this big kind of like political thing that happened and it wasn't really our intention, but we were like, okay, let's do it. And ironically enough, your current mayor, um, Nathan, um, is his last name Bach? Nathan. Bach, yes. Brock, Nathan Brock, he actually attended the brunch um, and he took picture. I still have a picture with him and his wife and he was so sweet. And he's like, I wanted to come out and show my support. And, um, you know, it was just really cool. And I'm like, and that is why you're mayor now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it, it's hundred percent true. I mean, honestly, that was like, that was the biggest gift he could have received was not only uh, DeBoer's uh, ridiculous commentary, but then for him to show up and be like, hey, this is this is Holland. We are diverse. Yeah. This is who we are. You know, you don't have to live here. And uh, and so people were behind it and it was a great and awesome thing. So, yeah. you know, uh, aside from the shows and the pageants, have you done, uh, now have you gotten to do the drag, uh, the drag story time at the libraries before the corona hit? <laughs> um, I have not. Um, I honestly don't think there was, at least that I had heard of, I didn't hear of any happening in like Grand Rapids area. I don't know if they're doing it in Holland or not. Um, oh, no. Um, I have I have seen it going on in other cities and stuff. Um, yeah. I like to read and I love, um, I think education is hugely important in this country as a whole. So I would love to be a part of any like learning initiatives and reading to kids. I think that's fantastic. But yeah, uh, maybe after this Corona pandemic. Well, once, things, once we flatten that curve, I think. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we don't even have a, a curve anymore. It's kind of like this weird. Uh, it's a nice big mountain at this Yeah, point. it's a big mound. <laughs> I think people are like, like, oh yeah, the curve. I'm like, no, we already fucked that up. That's yeah. fucked up. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> old thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like it's like knowing what it means when you say roll down a window. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, no one's rolled down a window in a long time. No one. No. So, one. Uh, so you you mentioned reading now because uh, I'm myself included just like with uh people when they find out that i i do improv and i do stand up at the comedy project in grand rapids they yeah. just assume like people assume that i really like to just stay out to the wee hours of the night uh and just party all night long which i mean yeah. I'm wrong. <laughs> but, but uh but you know i also have i like to you know in my downtime i have my hobbies and things like that what does gabby do 
when it's just some time for Gabs to to unwind and chillax? Well, I've had a lot of that recently. <laughs> I've had a lot of that recently, so I can answer this very thoroughly. Um, honestly, I think, you know, before all of this, my favorite, I would tell people all the time, my favorite thing to do is absolutely nothing. Just because the way my life is structured and how I work is I'm constantly on the go. So when I can be at home with my husband and my cat and like, be very lazy. Like one of the one things I love to do is I play video games a lot. I'm a I love to video game. Um, mm-hmm. I've been PlayStation for life um, since it came out, and um, so I'm like literally with my little headset on and everything. I love to play video games. I'm really into The Last of Us Two right now. For any of my gaming nerds who are listening right nice. now, um, I also do like to read a lot. Um, so reading books literally hanging out but playing video games mostly um although i am getting a little bit bored of the downtime thankfully my my day job has opened up again so at least i have that kind of work to do but right Right. yeah now uh coming back uh you know with reading what do you like to read are you do you like the true crime do you like fiction i i like very i'm very much a dry non-fiction type of person um, <laughs> I, I almost like reading like old, like historical accounts, um, and things like that. I really, um, I like reading all kinds of different articles and like listening to Ted talks. Like if it's something like on a subject that I can learn about, um, or like it teaches me something new. Um, I love that. Um, I have been really learning about, um, it's kind of so weird, but just like uh, human socialization, like how we grow up and how like we kind of get indoctrinated based on like, you know, what our sex is, what our, what our perceived gender is, you know, our skin color um, and things like that and how it affects, you know, throughout our whole life, you know, decisions we make, opportunities we get and Really weird stuff like that. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. fantastic. I mean, personally, I, I I read a lot of biographies. Those are my, oh, cool. those are my go-to because I'm you know you can read a book like I mean not to say I haven't read like Harry Potter, but it's mm-hmm. like that's a made-up adventure about this person. But if you read a biography, it's a crazy adventure about a real person. Yeah, I think there's you know for all the fiction that's out there, I'm like nonfiction stories are pretty badass. Like sometimes right. you read it and you're like, it you know it's even cooler because it is true. Yeah, uh, that's why I really enjoy, I also enjoy true crime. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you're killing me. Gr is a podcast uh, where it is all crazy true crime stories that happen in Grand Rapids. Uh, oh, I would believe it's crazy yeah. here sometimes. Oh, the, the stuff that you, you had no idea. You know, you know, you just think that it's just another town in Michigan, but then you get some of these stories and you're just like, that's crazy. They should make a yeah. movie about that. Grand uh, Rapids is is a interesting place uh, for anyone who hasn't visited or come here. It is so cool. It's like a really progressive area. It's a progressive pocket in Michigan. Um, it is. But it is, it is so cool. I never thought I would like dig it as much as I did. I came here just for college. Uh, right. And then I was like, wait a minute, this is cool. I'm staying here. <laughs> yeah. My, my wife went to Grand Valley and she was like, oh, we got to move to Grand Rapids. It's so great. And I was like, oh, how great is it? 
(laughs) here, you know, I live in Holland, but I work at TCP in Grand Rapids. I've been to Mully's. I've been to the Pyramid Scheme, you know. I'm just being downtown. There's an energy that is in the city that just, uh, just for someone like myself, I just, I feel alive. The same feeling I get when I'm in Chicago, I get when I'm in Grand Rapids. It's just this, there's just this outstanding energy that is that is bubbling within this yeah community. it's it's very palpable and i i feel like the the more it goes on too like even in the short time that i've been here um it has expanded and grown and diversified and it's just really cool it's a really cool place to be yeah it certainly is it is certainly is we are getting uh near the end of the interview i really I do want to thank you so much. You, uh, you've been so kind uh, as to oh, come on you. here because I'm nobody. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so uh, much for uh, having me. Because uh, I, I always like, I need to talk to Michigan performers. I wanted to, uh, like, I talked to my friend who runs a TV station. He was in the first episode. Um, and uh, we've had Nick Lefebvre on our regular show, The Funniest Guy at Work. Um, Nick Lefebvre is the evening anchor at WZCM 13. And, and I was like, but I want more. I want, you know, I want people from all walks of yeah. theater and performance. And I see you on my Facebook all the time. And since we share a birthday, uh-huh. I figured I would use that as a slide in. I so appreciate it. I mean, I think this is fantastic. And, you know, drag, even though it is up and coming, it's still one of those, you know, art forms that uh, a lot of people, I think, need to give it a little, a little try, a little chance, check it out. Uh, you know, at the end of a lot of our brunch shows, people talk all the time about how, you know, it totally changed their mind or totally changed their perspective. And we've had a lot of first timers who definitely are not last timers who come and see us all the time now. And it's just, it's really heartwarming. And, and it kind of makes me feel like we're, we're implementing, you know, change in these little ways and right. just from performing. Absolutely. Going out there and opening some minds and having fun doing it too. You know what I mean? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Now, <laughs> the brunch is all about fun. While we are, well, while we're winding down, we'll do some nice softball questions of like, so what is your favorite song to perform to? Ooh, this is the hard one. Um, I have a few. I would say one of my number one go-tos is Booty by J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't listened to it, listen to it after you get off of here. It has such a good beat to it, and it's just so fun. And then I'm also a big fan of uh, Sia. Uh, one of her songs I love to do is Move Your Body. Again, it's more of a dancey one. It's weird right. for Sia to do dancey stuff, but it's one of my all-time favorite songs. She actually wrote it for Shakira. That's probably why I like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no i mean and that was a hell of a super bowl show have you uh now when you guys when you work out your routines do you ever say like we need to take a little bit of that and put it in when we perform here we should take you know oh something? oh yeah there's a lot of queens you know who will see music videos and performances and definitely take bits and pieces and be like i need to incorporate that in there absolutely um, I feel like for a lot of the girls, you know, every every queen kind of has their own unique performance flavor, you know, not everyone's like a, a dancer, or, you know, this or that, but you know, there's always, it's always kind of like a, a, a surprise, like a variety bag when you go to drag shows, because you never quite know what can come on stage. And I think that's half the fun is you never know what's coming out. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, there are so many that also do impersonation. Janet, Brittany, Madonna. Yeah. I'm sure it's got to be on the list. Now, do you do any character work with your performance or are you you the character? My celebrity impersonation that I do and um, is highly requested, I think, (laughs) because I kind of accidentally stumbled onto it. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Just off the mic. My character that I do is uh, Ariana Grande. Dope. Uh, So, and I think it's just because I kind of look like, I mean, I have done like makeup where I've painted to look like her, Um, but most times, I mean, if you have the high ponytail and like the little Ariana outfit, I mean, it's, yeah. The ponytail is paramount, really. Like you're already halfway there. Paramount, and it's one of my favorite uh, hairstyles to wear anyway while in drag. And um, it just kind of happened organically. I wasn't trying to impersonate her, but then people were like, "You look like Ariana Grande," and then I was like, "Okay, well here we go." And so I started doing that and kind of refining that look a little bit. But that's kind of like my go-to celebrity impersonation when I have to pull it out of the hat. Right. Nice. That's fun. Because I've only ever seen your photos of you as you. Yeah, yeah. I'm very much um, about, yes, I wanted to create something that was uniquely me. You know, I I think uh, drag is very heavily into celebrity impersonation, but I do think there is something for creating like a very personalized image and a character that's all your own too. I think that is important. Oh, I'm a huge, I'm a huge proponent of personal branding. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I carry that with me. Like I, you know, on my uh, Facebook and on my Twitter and stuff, I don't say or do anything that I wouldn't do or say to you if we were face to face like we are right now. Oh my God. Absolutely. I really, that is a very good point. I am a hundred percent of the belief that if you are not like I'm very much a hundred percent me all the time. Um, whether I'm on, on social media or if I'm in person, I think that's important to have a certain amount of like transparency and authenticity to who you are. Cause when you switch from online to offline, it kind of is like, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what? Uh. Yeah, I'm confused now. What's what's going on? <laughs> yeah, who am I hanging out with today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, no. That's the, yeah, we can't we can't flow. That doesn't fly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we are we are wrapping up here. Actually, I do want to ask you something off mic before we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so before we continue, we end everything. But um, again, ladies and gentlemen, this has been audio only with me, Nate Starr, and the uh, just outstanding Gabriella Strangelark. Just a, just an absolute delight. I would love to have you. Uh, I'd love to have you on my regular show. I think you. Would oh my god, I, it would be a delight. Thank you. It's so much. on at night though. It's late. Oh. You have a day job. Oh, no, I mean, well, but I work retail, so my hours are, like, very flexible, oh, nice, and, nice. Uh, yeah, and I don't always have to be up super early in the in the morning, either, so. Well, maybe we can work something out here in the near future. Oh, sure. I'd love to have you on. It would be a blast and a half. So, uh, on behalf of uh, Gabby, this is Nate saying, uh, have a great time, and we will talk to you in the future. Mm-hmm.